Just a quick heads up and content warning for this episode. We talk a little bit about uh, abuse, domestic violence, and also some mental health issues. So if that's a little too close to home for you and you want to skip this episode or come back to it later when you're feeling better and you can handle it, then go ahead. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Just make sure you're taking care of yourselves out there. And uh, we get pretty deep into some stuff on this episode. So I really hope you enjoy it. So here we go. The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. You're out in uh, Reno, right? Yes. Yeah. What's Where are you? I am in DeKalb, which is it's like, uh, I want to say about 60 miles west-ish of Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, so DeKalb, which is the birthplace of Barb Wire. So everything is like barbs. You see that like there's a like barb city bagels. Um, I think even the high school here is called the barbs. Like that's I I haven't confirmed that because I just moved here. But everything's like barbed wire related, which is kind of that gives you a snapshot of what's going on here. (laughs) Have you you run into a lot of Barbaras or is that? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) No, I haven't. I have not. Straight in the (laughs) room. Obsessed with Barb from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. This is the Better Band Podcast, and I am the host, Brandon, here today with my guest, Andrew Plath. How's it going, Andrew? Oh, I'm pretty good. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing well. And we continue on with Vitology, and we are now at Nothing Man. But first, Andrew, you're a new guest, and I have to ask you, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? So, um... I first heard of Pearl Jam in the summer of 1995. So I was six years old at the time. Uh, and my, uh, my family, we had moved to one of the burbs of Chicago. And I remember it was July. Uh, and I remember this because Q101, the uh, big alternative station uh, in Chicago, was talking about the Pearl Jam concert at Soldier Field that year. Oh. And um, so I remember them talking about that. And, and uh, they were playing a lot of Pearl Jam around that time. And I, I think I always like I always try to think of this, like, what's the first Pearl Jam song that I heard? Because I was pretty young at the time. And I always am like, I think it was either Daughter or Black were one of the first songs that um, I heard. But I definitely remember being like six to seven years old and just being really into the song Black just because of the, you know, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would like, that would just kind of just play over and over again in my head, like when I was at school and I was bored. Like when I was playing hockey and I was sitting on the bench, like it, it would be in my my head all the time, and and I just 
I remember hearing Q101 one year they played, and this was around 95, 96, I think. I could have swore they played a version of Rocking in the Free World. And I was like, wow, that was that was amazing. I was like, that was that was incredible. I love that. And I think the again, this is not it's a little murky, but I I could swear I remember, you know, the DJ saying that was Neil Young um playing with Pearl Jam. And I was like, shit. I was like, that was that's the band that, that was playing behind that? Again, I don't know if this is a hundred percent correct or not, but this is what I remember. Um and so like that kind of got me started and interested in the band and I remember getting ten and, and listening a lot to ten. And uh, but then you know I remember buying Vitology. That was the first Pearl Jam album I bought with my own money, and just being like obsessed with Vitology. And this was this was around 1999 ish, I think. Um, so I was like I was a little later to the game, but uh, you know, and I, I just remember like just playing vitology like on repeat just all the time and you know kind of like have you ever seen the show um last man on earth the uh will with will forte, will forte. yeah uh, no, I, I i i heard of it and it's over now right oh, or it's only been a yeah. couple seasons yeah it, it ended and it's 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 really great you should check it out if you get a chance but yeah. i i think of it because there's this there's a scene where and the premise is basically it's this apocalypse and everyone's dead and mm-hmm. so the humans are few and far between it is a comedy though even though that doesn't yeah. sound like a comedy <laughs> intro but he reunites with his brother spoiler alert he reunites with his brother and they karaoke the song falling slowly mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're singing it to each other and they finish it and they're like you want to do another one and they're like yeah sure and they're like what do you want to do uh falling slowly okay and they play it again and it's like <laughs> they're just keep doing it. so that's how it was with vitology it's like stupid mop is over okay last exit right and i like just back and forth back and forth and just i yes I, early on i would listen to the entirety of stupid mop i can't make it more than five <laughs> minutes now but like because, you know, I was at that time, I was younger, kind of like, oh, this is so like artsy yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, like it's re- like, you know, it's this raw footage and things like that. And I thought that was kind of cool. But now I'm like, all right, guys, come on. Maybe <laughs> I, like, I get I, it. I, I know what's I like, going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like that this album is kind of free form, but like maybe a little editing would have been nice <laughs> on, the, on that song specifically. Yeah. So I got really into Vitology or. And then I just I just kind of kept listening to that, and I was still a Pearl Jam fan around the binaural um, Riot Act era, but I, I kind of wasn't as intense with it. And I got really into the Clash, and just like just really, and so then I obsessed over them. But what kind of I don't want to say brought me back to Pearl Jam because I was always I was always a fan, but really encouraged me to do a deeper dive was actually the album Rearview Mirror, the greatest hits that they did when they left uh, Epic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like this is, you know, some of these songs I haven't heard before. Cause I, you know, I, I was still like in my early, you know, tween teenage. So I didn't have that much money. And so it was like, wow, this is, you know, this is great. I haven't checked out these albums. And then I kind of just did a deep dive from there and, you know, Pearl Jam is just kind of like my strange ob- obsession, and I've and I've only 
by strange, I mean that no one around me understands, but, uh, and I, I've kind of only just recently connected with the fan base. Cause I was always kind of like a, kind of a shy, like quieter person. And, mm-hmm. But now I've, I've started to like, you know, get on the forums and stuff, but normally I kind of, I just had this weird thing where I always just kind of wanted it to be my thing. And I was just kind of afraid of sharing it with other people. But uh, now I've kind of connected with the fan base a little bit more. And that's how, that's how I ended up here. So cool. And uh, you're in Chicago ish area and stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. So did you go see yeah. them uh, when they were playing the uh, away shows then? Yes. I went to um, the, uh, Wrigley Night 2, which was actually my first ever show, because I, I had gotten, oh, cool. I tried to go in 2013, but like, it was like, all right, I think it was, what was it, like a 10, a 10 a.m. or something like that, or some, and I was like, okay, refresh, 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 okay, they're all gone, oh. um, and, and that's the experience I had, and so, like, and I didn't go in 2016, so I was like, okay, this year, or uh, 2018, like, they're playing, I'm going, and it was really the the death of, of Chris Cornell that kind of pushed me to see them. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, this is a band I've loved for years and I've only ever seen Eddie and I haven't seen them. And I always make up excuses not to go. It's like, ah, it's a lot of people. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. It's a lot of money. But it was like, no, just like, just go because I don't want to miss out. And, um, and that really, that was really kind of a big, the big thing that happened after, after Chris died. So I went to the away show night two, the whole day, just pouting and upset because I was like, Oh, we're going to get crappy weather. And I was checking my weather app so much during that day. (laughs) I remember actually on the Friday, my wife still kind of gives me shit about this Um, on the Friday before the show. Cause the show was a Monday. We saw crazy rich Asians, Mm -hmm. which is a good movie. But I was like, I was in such a pouty, like 14 year old mood. I was like, that movie was okay. It's that was okay. And yeah, it's like, it's going to rain on Monday. <laughs> and so it was all like, I was just in, I was insufferable. I mean, I'm the first, but I was like insufferable. Cause I, you know, going for the first time, I didn't want anything to fuck it up. Yeah, so yeah. I'm on the, I'm on the Metro and I think, and I'm on the Metro headed into the city and we're just about, we're like literally like a couple feet from our train entering Union Station. And they're like, yeah, there's another train where our train is supposed to be. Um, so we can't get off yet. And I was waiting on this train for like an hour. And I'm texting my wife, who was already in the city. I was like, this isn't going to happen. It's not happening. <laughs> what am I? I'm going to die on this train. No joke. These are, like I said, insufferable. I was insufferable. <laughs> um, and just like, it's like, this is terrible. And oh my God. And just like bitching and moaning constantly. Um, but then finally we got there and I was like, okay, sweet. We're going to get a, catch the red line, head on into, um, head on to Wrigley. And I was like, the weather's looking fine. Get off the train, sit in our seats. And they're like, yeah, there's going to be a rain delay. And so we pull out our ponchos, ride it out. And just, I got like half wet because I was like kind of covered by one of the awnings. And then when they came out, it was just, it was just amazing. And the way they started that concert, I just was incredible. Just the first, I think it was first like five or six songs, just they came out and just ripped and they really just fed off the energy of the crowd, which everyone was just kind of a little drunk, like a little amped up. And mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was amazing. So I was glad I, you know, finally got to 
finally got to go and I'm just I'm patiently awaiting any any tour updates but uh I know that's kind of slow going these days but yeah yeah it's the nature of the beast I mean they're in their 50s like I they got <laughs> families and stuff I you know I I totally get it so yeah. would I love a tour of course do I understand if they're Maybe it's a little slow coming. Yeah, that's fine. It's e- it's easier to be uh, full of energy and uh, impulsive and willing to forego sleep when you're yeah. younger and you got the rest of your life to be tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and you know, thinking about just the concept of touring of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like, hey, honey, uh, I've got to be gone for like six months. Um, I'll see you when I come back. I mean, that's some like old school shit like i always think about that traveling salesman yeah like or like imagine you know being in like i don't know like 19th 18th century america just being like all right well i'm gonna head into the city i'll see you in like six months um (laughs) i'm not back in eight that means i've probably did send out our firstborn to go and find me and avenge (laughs) me uh but just kind of like yeah so it's just it's i i totally get it from their perspective if it's really exhausting and really kind of intense so but of course I, of course i would love to see him again i mean like we all would but oh yeah let's see this song is uh jeff writing the music for it and then he uh he recorded a demo with uh richard stuverand i think is maybe how you say it stuverand sounds about right maybe Doing the drums, who uh, was in the Fastbacks, and then also uh, played with Jeff a lot with uh, Three Fish and Trace Mountains and other sort of stuff. So they had some uh, friendship going on. And uh, Eddie came in and did uh, did the words for it. They did it in the same uh, session as they recorded Tremor Christ. And uh, let's see what um this this hmm. This song. Yeah. Let me pull up the lyrics on my thing and see. This this um this was one of the first songs that I heard from Vitology. Um, they played it on the uh, on the radio. Like for some reason, before the album came out, they played uh played Tremor Christ, uh, Nothing Man, and Better Man. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they said, "Oh, we're gonna play, you know, New Pearl Jam or something like that." And I got my cassette and I put it in the tape deck. I was like, "Oh yeah," push record and recorded those three songs and. And and I, it seems like a weird sort of three a weird three songs to play, especially since none of those were singles from the album that was going to come out. Tremor Christ was the B side, but it it th- th- this song always has that sort of uh of uh origin story or whatever with me, just because it was the the that yeah. sort of experience or that that uh, uh, initial exposure to it, and so uh. It was, it's, and it starts with like the weird, like kind of taper winding and you're just kind of like, oh, what? And it's in the middle of the album. So it doesn't really make sense. But like you said, it's kind of part of the weird experimentalism with Vitology. Yeah. What, uh, for this song, what do you, how, how, uh, how does it, uh, how does it touch you? Yeah. So I think this, this song to me, um, is really interesting musically but it, really the lyrics are just strong I, I think these are some of eddie's best um it's funny in preparation for this i was like you know what i'm gonna pull out my uh phytology lp and i'll pull out the little booklet here and look at the lyrics and i was like huh i thought there were more 
But yeah. I was like, that's okay. <laughs> I was like, that's okay. But I really just think like the first two verses just unbelievable lyrically. Um, just some of the strongest I think that Eddie has has put out. You know, the the once divided, nothing left to subtract. I mean, that's just I love that play. Uh, you know, that wordplay there. second verse just cuts deep with the emotion just the you know empty stares from each corner of a shared prison cell that that has always just been like wow and i have a lot of a lot of a lot of thoughts a lot of interpretations about the lyrics that are probably not correct but this is how (laughs) i've always viewed it so the kind of the taper wind. i'm glad you mentioned that the taper wind at the beginning I, i i've always kind of viewed that as like kind of the connection to the the lyric about the you know the thoughts that he can't help thinking and you know thinking like i wish i could rewind things that have been done Mm -hmm. you know i wish i could rewind and change what's happened but like i i can't like i i you know i can't and and this is where i am right now and that that lyric about you know caught a bolt lightning curse the day he let it go when i heard this like i said uh, for the first time i was like tween teen age um i was big into like greek mythology so you can assume i had copious amounts of girlfriends at the time of course (laughs) um oh same man same yeah and uh (laughs) you might be i don't know if you can hear that but my dog is scratching the carpet furiously is that your dog yeah (laughs) yeah she's of course she's sleeping peacefully then go to record this now she's like risen from the dead anyway but uh, yeah, so it was big in the Greek mythology, and of course, lightning bolt, Zeus. And it just made me think about how, you know, Zeus would always, in the stories, he's always, um, he's always like changing into some animal yeah, to yeah. have sex with some grown ass woman. <laughs> um, so it always made me think about this kind of, this masculine ideal of mm-hmm. being like conniving and, and disingenuous to try and to try and uh, you know attract women and and really kind of take advantage of them in that way and you know this this song to me for that reason has always kind of been a, a conversation about masculinity hmm. and you know I I think that and I'm sure just saying that there are probably people who are frantically reaching to turn off this episode right now <laughs> but I, I I think that there's a real issue with masculinity and, and, and how it, and how it manifests. And I think we as men really need to be having more honest conversations about, 
how we're feeling, how we're struggling and things like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, so we, we just need to, to get better at that. Cause this, this kind of way that we interact with the world, um, is, is, is just not working. And, you know, I, I try and commute this, I communicate this, excuse me, I work with men and women, but, uh, men who have, uh, committed acts of domestic violence and, you know, trying to have a conversation with them about, you know, these masculine ideals, it, it's, it's bullshit. Like be honest, be authentic, but like, there's nothing wrong with emotion and there's nothing wrong with being, um, vulnerable at times. It takes this, what's that Smith lyric, uh, it takes guts to be gentle and kind. So, you know, just trying to, to reinforce that. And I think this, to, this song to me has always been an indictment of, um, this kind of, and, uh, uh, what's the what's the term? toxic masculinity of just trying to you know I'm a man this is what men do and yeah, yeah. you know I'm get all these women and do all this kinds of stuff and then in the end you just end up with nothing because the the individual in the song um, this woman that's in uh, his life has realized that he's just kind of disingenuous and phony and now she doesn't really listen to what he has to say anymore because you know she doesn't really respect it and um so that's kind of my hopefully not convoluted take on the lyrics um that's just that's just how i've always viewed it yeah i think that um kind of the first and the second verse is is uh the male and the female point of view it's just well it's it's you know the it's it's all he in the Mm -hmm. first verse and then the second verse it's she and then he also goes from singing lower in the first verse yeah. and then singing up in a higher register, higher key in the, uh, in the second, which, uh, could be a bit of that, uh, uh, point of view trying to, trying to convey that. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it, well, of, of course, you know, this is part of the, uh, the man mm-hmm. trilogy. So there is, even though there's dead man, which never gets thrown in there, but that's, yes, that's my own, uh, <laughs> That's a, that's my point. own uh, yeah. uh, obsessive nerdiness <laughs> showing yeah. its uh, rearing its head. But um, sorry, what is like so trilogies for three? What's what's for four? Is that like a quadruplet? Yeah, or, I think I believe it's a quadrilogy. Oh my God. At least that's what they called the Alien quadrilogy before they uh, they uh, came out with. Uh, whatever other alien movie came out with that or whatever. Yeah. Wow. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Quadrilogy. And what was the thing? The, the staircase. Oh, this of... yeah, spirit of the staircase. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm learning all kinds of new stuff. Hey, that's so that's, that's what I'm here for, man. I have a podcast. Hello. That means I'm an authority, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I, I basically just, you know, take this, what you say is gospel and just kind of live my life. According as to it, so. you should, as you all yes. should <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this it, it's, it's, yeah. it's a very sort of pining lost romance sort of song which you know when i when i was hearing it when i was younger and stuff always you know hit the uh hit my heart in that way just because i was you know you know always having crushes on girls and never following through and everything so it's kind of like oh you know unrequited love oh. but it's it's it seems sort of a uh a codependent sort of relationship that uh that uh falls apart you know as as 
sometimes they do, you know, sometimes they might, you know, turn abusive or something, or, you know, they just might, you know, keep going and maybe they'll get better and everything, but it's, you know, just kind of doom. It's destined to fail that bit of mytho mythological, like you said, sort of destiny in there. Yeah. The, that codependency piece. Yeah. You know, I think that really comes out towards the end too. You know, when Eddie's just, he's just screaming the bird, bird. Yeah. I mean, it's it just, I, that lyric repeating it again about the, you know, the prison cell, mm -hmm. that is something that when I've, you know, when I've worked with clients and individual counseling and they're talking about a struggle that, um, you know, with a spouse or something like that, there are times where this lyric, it'll come to my mind because the, the describing their situation is like, this is what it sounds like. Like, you know, you're, you're just kind of in this limbo, this quagmire and, and unable to go forward. And it's just, it's uh yeah it's really challenging it's really difficult to move on yeah and uh i think eddie said too when he was asked about what the song meant or whatever and he said uh his quote was the idea is about if you love someone and they love you don't fuck it up because you were left with less than nothing yeah um but the, the, you know that sort of attitude too of you know love is the most important thing in the world and you know mm -hmm. you're meant to be with somebody you know that's obviously can be a huge setup for failure of you know a woman trying to think that you know she needs to 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 deal with whatever a man is going to you know throw at her or whatever in, in order to try to make it work and stuff or mm -hmm. you know a guy trying to think that uh you know it's like okay well i have to be like you said like the the epitome of manliness and everything like that in order to try to attract a mate and you know give the biggest tail feathers or you know whatever else in the animal kingdom try to get the most money mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff and then you know you eventually get a family or something like that yeah. maybe and you know you spend all your time working and trying to provide or whatever but you're not actually spending time with your family you know you're said you're going off into the wild to 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 do your pioneering thing or whatever yeah i think that i was i always have a soft spot too for eddie's explanations of lyrics too just because i just love that quote too like yeah just don't fuck it up like it's like you know he's he's so good with the words in the songs <laughs> but like sometimes how he explains the songs he's like it's pretty simple actually just don't fuck it up <laughs> and it's like, all right well yeah but um yeah, I, I think that the lyrics are just are just so strong. Not that not to you know kind of you know be hard on the music. The yeah, music yeah. is great too, uh, um, but the lyrics I think are just it's it's strong suit. And I've I've always I've yeah I've always loved this song. And and you know it's it's funny because I this is one song like I don't know exactly how like you know some other people in the fan base perceive it because i i thought i remember reading some things that you know some people were not a fan of this song little, little meandering kind of a set killer hmm. but i don't know i've always just i've always just liked it so i i kind of didn't know coming into this i was like i wonder if brandon likes this song or not because i just wasn't sure because you know most i feel like most pearl jam songs like you know whether they're like accept whether it's good or not like just if you want any, you know, test that theory out, just say like, can't deny me in any, um, in any Pearl Jam forum and all the people that 
would just revile that song just come out and, and just so it's like yeah it's clear it's clear people hate this song but uh, with this one i was like you know i don't i don't know i i really like this song but um love this song is actually the word i used previously i don't want to i'm not going to back out of what i said before so yeah i just i'm just gushing now so. <laughs> oh no that's well that's 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 what this devolves into usually yeah. just uh it's like oh you like the song yeah i like the song yeah the song's real good oh yeah it is hell yeah. yeah all right um what do we have to say about it i don't know it's real good yeah it is real good huh yeah <laughs> yeah kind of like uh chris farley snl interviewing yeah, exactly like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you remember when they played nothing man <laughs> that's a good song right yeah. <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah basically that so yeah i think it's one of those it is a song that can be i think very you know may, maybe it is something that's real personal or it's maybe just something that's also extremely i think wide open to to somebody to put a part of themselves into the song and and, and get something out of it too it's you know it like you said like lyrically it is pretty simple but i think it's got just enough in there to to hook you a little bit it's got you know some barbs that'll you know drag you along with it yeah. and yeah and the and the music too is 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 fairly simple too i mean as as far as a a jeff ament song goes he's usually i think more sort of mm-hmm. rhythmically he's he's not as much of into the groove i think as stone is trying to be a little bit like you know kind of get you tapping your toes and stuff like that but he's he he has like some more some bite i think onto his songs and kind of has like a bit of a propulsion i think there but then you know there's this and uh and low light which are (laughs) i think kind of i think spiritual spiritually linked in that way you can you can definitely tell that that jeff's all over both of those and i think part of it is the Mm -hmm. uh the stand-up bass that yeah he'll bust out too (laughs) for it absolutely and both just low light and um method man just excellent songs um yeah jeff is i was the first time i found out that jeff did the music for the song i was kind of surprised because mm-hmm. i was like oh you know you know i i didn't think of it as much but then as i listened it was like yeah i kind of i i could see how we do this but so i before we recorded i i was listening to vitology on my turntable and I, you know, speaking of Jeff, I had this thought, like, what a three song, like, showcase for Jeff and his bass skills going from Tremor Christ to um, Nothing Man and then to Whipping, which, like, you, that's like just the Jeff portfolio right there, you know, kind of the, the groovier with the Tremor yeah, Christ, but yeah. just really great bass line, you know, the stand up with this one and then going to Whipping, that kind of punk like driving, um, you know, Ramon style baseline in that, in that one. And I was just kind of marveling at that. And I always, I've got a soft spot for bassists because I played bass, not very well, but played <laughs> bass when I was in high school. I wanted to be, I wanted to be Paul Simonon from The Clash so badly. And I'm always, I'm always seeing what those bassists are up to. And Jeff's, Jeff's a good one. Have you, um, did you hear the uh, the demo version of this at all that they put on the uh, on the uh, on the re-release? I I did. Um, I did remember hearing this. Nothing is really coming to mind about any you know any uh, anything standing out about it's. It's been a few years since I've heard that. So um. yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty 
well formed it's almost it's almost exactly the same uh pretty much uh except that um in the lyrics eddie doesn't say isn't it something he just says nothing man again And I think that that, I don't know, I think that that, uh, that one little addition sort of brings you, brings you back into life a little bit. Cause it's like, Hey, yeah, isn't it something, nothing, man. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's like even some, even nothing is something right. Oh, whoa. It's the concept of zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a great addition. And it's, you know, it, it's so so interesting. Like, cause you just never know what's gonna work and it just makes me think of you know like when i when i lesson plan for teaching i've done activities where i'm like yeah this activity is gonna probably take two minutes and they're not really gonna enjoy it that much and this other one's gonna take like 20 minutes and it's gonna have a great conversation and then like of course the first one like they're like my students are like yes this is so interesting let's keep talking about this and i'm like shit i haven't like a lot of time <laughs> to talk about this so I, it must be this, I've never written lyrics, so it's got to be the same way with lyrics. Just like, all right, I, I don't know if this works or not. Let's see how the people like it and go from there. Yeah, I think because they would also say that this song came together real quickly and stuff. And so, yeah, there's, I don't know, some people who, you know, I know in like in uh, like comedy improv, I think one of the things they say is like first thought, best thought or something like that. But yeah. then, you know, when you're trying to write a novel or you know write a screenplay or something like that it's like okay you gotta you gotta edit the hell out of it you gotta like pick it apart and kill your darlings and and do all that sort of stuff so and then like music is like some weird kind of in between where it's like oh yeah we just wrote that in like kind of 10 20 minutes or whatever and you know everybody loves it it's a huge hit or you know oh we spent so much time and money on this album you know we uh we chinese democracyed it and it's a it's a, it's a piece of trash or something <laughs> yeah oh god yeah. <laughs> i was it's, that's so funny that you mentioned that i was listening to um some spotify playlist this morning and uh November Rain came on and I was just like how ridiculous of a song is this and that music video just <laughs> it just I couldn't help but laugh it, it was just kind of yeah oh, it so, was the 90s like we were saying it's... I know <laughs> it was the 90s what a what a video wow just... it's, a, it's a pretty intense video man it's uh yeah I know it's just uh that's that's just so funny I good buddy of mine is just like a massive massive guns and roses fan and i just oh, i just too. like to tease him about that tease him about that video all the time it's a great video but like mm-hmm. you just watch it and it's like you know it's just a it's a little bit of unintentional comedy i think like you know it's trying try to be super serious but just so like overly dramatic and yeah it's funny but a great song great song. not to yeah, yeah. not to not to diss it i think i already was dissing the smashing pumpkins at oasis earlier so uh, <laughs> I, I i probably should quit while i'm ahead oh, i don't think it, i'm not sure if that was part of the episode or not oh but, okay but well, I, shit, I, now I, it is now well, it you, is <laughs> well you well i was going to bring it up because you meant because we were talking before and you said and i was going to bring back smashing pumpkins and stuff and i think that uh axel rose i think maybe wanted to be like 
like Billy Corgan and he had those huge ideas of, Oh, this needs to be epic. This needs to be huge. You know, we need to have a double album. We need to, you know, have all this material. And then he never, I, I don't know if it's, he didn't, he didn't have the the talent to pull it off or just, he was too into his ego to, to, to try to do that where, you know, Billy Corgan kind of worked through his ego and, <laughs> and didn't let that stop yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Axel's Axel's an interesting guy. That's that's why I always crack up when uh, you know the. I don't listen to too much new music, although I really dig that Billie Eilish album. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you have you heard of the band Pop. Yes, punk band from Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that that Morbid stuff album is yeah, yeah. incredible. But anyway, I always crack up when I hear these like middle-aged white dudes talking about Billie Eilish showing up late to a concert like oh how could she like that's why music sucks these days like have you people heard of Axl Rose are you kidding me right now like Billy was like 45 minutes late that's respectable on Axl Rose time so like why don't you, why don't you calm down and that's almost early yeah. yeah I know so yeah it's just uh yeah when it, no, I mean, just to be clear before I get any, like, hey, I do like Guns N' Roses. I'm more of an appetite for destruction kind of guy, but, uh, yeah, I just, that November Rain video, if, if like, I ever want to chuckle, I just, I'll put that on, and I just put the <laughs> smile on my face. You can, you can like or not like whatever you, whatever you want. It's all, it's all, it's all preferences, you know, it's, it's just, you know, some, some, yeah. some stuff you like, some stuff you don't, you know, some people hate cilantro. But that's, I think, more genetic than. Uh... Yeah, I love cilantro. <laughs> they got that gene that makes yeah. it the that makes it taste like soap yeah. to people. So maybe that's a little bit different. Maybe some people the, the way that some people just don't like the Beatles. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, totally. Although you know, I think that um... <laughs> those people are wrong. Yeah. But no, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, like, I think that I think that sometimes there is like this this kind of push to say that like previous classic or, or things that are held in high esteem kind of suck because people just like to be contrarian. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that because I was like that for years. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, oh, I can't think of any examples right now. But yeah, just kind of being like, look at how individual I am. I don't like the thing that everyone else does. I'm so cool kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I like the Beatles. Don't like the Beatles. Whatever. Like cilantro. Don't like cilantro. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, as long as long as we're all agreed on Pearl Jam, right? We're all here yeah. because we like Pearl Jam. Yes, we do. At least I, I hope so. Unless there's some kind of sadist listening to this, like I'm just trying to listen to something that I don't enjoy for some reason. I don't know. I don't judge people. Is what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you hate Pearl Jam, you're living your truth, my friend. Just keep on, keep it on. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe this will, uh, maybe this turns you around. Maybe like, I should give them a shot. I should hear what, uh, what people think about yeah. it. It's like, whoa, it's good. Give it a yes. shot. Remember we were saying it was good, man. Right. You, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 you like this song, right? Awesome. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. huh? <laughs> this will be the moment that someone like looks back on like 40 years from now. It's like, you know what? Yes. This was the episode <laughs> That convinced me. I'm convinced now. I was not in before, but I'm convinced. <laughs> when they said for the fiftieth time that they liked the song, yeah, yes. Did um, you hear that? I like the song. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you think this song? Uh, where do you think this fits into their uh, into their catalog? Is it is it a, a necessity 
if you were to if you were to make like a, a a playlist of the best Pearl Jam songs, people something for somebody to get into, would you put this song on it, or do you think it's something good that's uh, kind of good to break out every once in a while that you don't want to hear all the time, or something that should be just forgotten? Yeah, that's well, definitely not forgotten. That's a tough no, question yeah, yeah. because I like my admiration love for the song is pretty intense so i would say it's a necessity but you know like thinking about other songs there maybe in like a similar vein that might be like if i was like okay these are the 10 songs you have to listen to from pearl jam like would i put this on there you know i i might actually i might just because just because of the lyrics like i said i think eddie's just really i think it's one of his strongest lyrical compositions and so I would, and I think I, my wife was not really a Pearl Jam fan until a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, it's like the same process as Stockholm syndrome, kind of like, well, <laughs> shit, like this is all this person talks about all the time. So I'll make an effort and like it too. And, but now mm-hmm. she, you know, she actually enjoys it. And I'm pretty sure I put this on a, like a top 10 list for her to listen to was mm-hmm. this and uh a bunch of other nine other songs of course but uh this to me is a necessity um i i just think that it is just such a lyric strong lyrical song and um seemingly simple composition musically but you know it's got some depth to it though it's it's got some interesting elements and you know even even dave a's drumming on a song where he can't you know hit hit the sticks real hard i think it's still it's still pretty it's still pretty good not to oh god now i've now i've drummed <laughs> up that conversation no pun intended but like uh, i i like dave a, i like them all just before people get mad at me like <laughs> now but yeah uh, you know he i think he's he's good on the song too and you know i i think that this this for me would be a necessity yeah i think i th- i i think it's a good secret weapon that you kind of hold back a little bit and mm. it's it's a it's an ace up your sleeve you kind of bust it out it's like oh remember this song everybody and then yeah but it it, it, it yeah. is i think a a vital part of their yeah uh, i can see that yeah of their catalog but i think it's 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 uh i think it's a good spice to to kind of hold back and kind of don't get don't get overloaded on. And I really like its placement in the album too. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, and I think that it kind of reminds me, even though, you know, with the lead on no code, the lead in from sometimes into hail, hail is much, the production on that is like much smoother. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that where it's just like, let's take it down for a second, just kind of fade and then bam, like right into whipping, um, which is another song that I love. And, you know, just back at it, kind of coming down, bringing it back up. And, and so I think it's, I think this is a necessity, but I, I get that secret weapon argument. And I also think that this song can work really well when placed next to something that's a little bit more upbeat to follow it. Cause it is, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty intense subject matter. It's a pretty deep subject matter. And so, you know, you might want a little, little break from that afterwards, but no, I love it. I've said that before and I'll say it again. So. <laughs> we got to hit that quota. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just if, if you're listening at home, stop the episode. Now go back to the beginning, play a drinking game. Every yes. time either myself or Brandon say we like, or love this song, 
take a shit. No, I can't condone that. I can't condone that. <laughs> um, do you have any thing, any project or social media you want to promote? Or is there stuff out there that uh, you think people should check out that they might not know about? No, no, no social media or anything. Um, I was on a podcast, I think about a year or so ago, uh, called Mental Illness in, in Pop Culture. And it's, mm. it's done by, it's done by my uh, mentor, Scott Wickman. And um, he does this podcast analyzing from counselor perspectives, uh, how mental illness is portrayed. And I was on there to talk about Jeremy mm-hmm. and... I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I like after that I did that, I was kind of like, you know, everyone's smart until they try to do a podcast episode. And it's like <laughs> you, have to, you have to like react instantaneously, like, oh my god, I don't know this fact. Like, what what should I say? And so, like, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. And and the people in the room are counselors and 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 adult and higher education professor so you know it's we we bring our perspectives but might check and check out other episodes too uh they primarily do movies so i think uh doing music was kind of a a, a mix-up for them so mm-hmm. so there is there is so check that out mental illness and pop culture there is something else that i would like to promote and i'm bringing it full circle i'm going back to um talk about how you know we need to redefine masculinity and be very um, be very open and vulnerable at times. And so, Brandon, I'm, I'm going to give you some some compliments and some encouragement here. So if you're if you're prepared for that, oh you, um, heck yeah, keep <laughs> the praise, yeah. <laughs> so so I really I really like um, I think I mentioned this before, but I really like in that or one of the earlier episodes you said you you know you're kind of stepping out of your shell and really trying to engage and and start this podcast and and, and put yourself out there and be a little vulnerable and i think that takes a lot of courage and i also really like um the direction that you've taken with you know talk about the political issues and, and just being open and honest about that and you know I, I i think it's it's you're you're doing a great work and i think it's important that we as men talk to each other like this. I think you're doing a great job. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah. If, 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 and if, if you're just listening to this and think that, you know, you can't talk to anybody else about Pearl Jam or something like that, then, hey, you can always come on this podcast and geek out with me about Pearl Jam. And, you know, there's the forums and stuff. And, well, you know, some people might be kind of like, oh, I want them to release a new album. Uh, I want them to tour. Uh, be yeah. kind of negative like that. It's, you know, you can just kind of always know that there's there's people out there that, you know, like the same stuff you like and, and uh, will accept you for mm. who you are as long as you're not an asshole. And if you're an asshole, you can change. Absolutely. <laughs> you can, you know, yeah. the, the more you hang out with people, the more those tendencies, you know, kind of, kind of slip away because you're like, Oh, people don't like it when I do this. So, yeah. you know, I want to be around people. So maybe I'll, maybe yeah. I'll chill out with some Absolutely. of this stuff. And also if you're hesitant or want to join the podcast and you're worried, like, I don't think we'll be able to talk for 45 minutes. Brandon and I have been talking for a really long time, so it <laughs> it happens. It happens. It happens. It's always like when I work with counselors for the first time, they're like, I'm so worried about, you know, being able to make it to 50 minutes. And by the end of it, they're like, I couldn't get the client to stop talking at 50 minutes. It's like, yeah, that's 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 what's going on here, too. So, yeah. 
Is that your is that your way of saying that you want to shut up now? <laughs> no, hold on. I'll, I'll I'll keep talking if you want to keep talking. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, I think that's a, that was that was an that was an excellent segue, although kind of uh, of uh, of of uh, sneaky. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, it's been it's 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 good talking to you. It's good having you on the show, talking to new people, and yeah. uh, and uh, I'll I'll have you back if you want to come back. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what other song I would. I mean, I would love to talk about any of them, but I'll just have to. I'll just have to be quicker this time. Quick. Try to get to <laughs> get to some good songs. So. Well, this is. Well, there's there's uh... There's there's plenty of time because uh, I think this is going to go for another uh, four years <laughs> until I'm all done. Yeah, with all the songs. Yeah, I'll be I'll be here to. All right, this is <laughs> this is a great way to end the episode. I'll be here to do the can't deny me episode. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I will I will talk about how I actually enjoy that song and just I'll yeah I'll just I'll I'll, I'll be the only one to volunteer I think because I. I I feel like I'm on an island, but uh. remember that come 2024 when uh, I get around to that. Yeah. All right. Good. Good having you on. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit CreativeCommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at listenupreno. I am also on Twitter at brandonp at b-r-a-n-d-e-n-p. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Andrew and as always, this is Brandon saying It was the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life and you wouldn't believe the celebrities who did cameos Dustin Hoffman, Michael Jackson Of course they didn't use their real names but you could tell it was them. 